The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Mel Gruer. Mel has been spiritual and she's been meditating since she was three years old. She definitely prefers to be in her head than to talk to anyone. So I feel very fortunate that she's even here to do this. She's toyed around with spiritualism at 16 and then turned to religion at 21. Karmic lessons began around that time until she was 45 years old when she turned back to spiritualism. And then for the next four and a half years, her soul was stripped bare, releasing far too many karmic lessons. But through that, she found her true purpose, which is helping others learn of their karmic lessons, releasing them of karmic energy, and showing them how to move towards a more spiritual life of self-love through self-empowerment. Well, Mel, thank you so much for being here today with me. Thank you for allowing us here. Well, I want to just dive right in. I know we heard a little bit about you in the intro, but maybe you can tell us from your own words who Mel is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a tricky one, you see, because um, it took me a while to find out who I actually was and who I am now. To tell you the truth, for the last 45 years, because I'm 49 and a half now, I hadn't really had a personality, which kind of matches my spirit guide, to be perfectly honest, but I didn't really have a personality. I was always constantly trying to find who I was. I ended up being a, very much an introvert. This is why, like, at the age of three, I mean, my mum had told me that I never spoke to anybody until I was about three. Mm. Um, I was a very late developer um, because I prefer to talk to people in my head. And it kind of stuck with that for a long, long time. But I say I've, I've jumped from different jobs and to try and find purpose in life. And to tell you the truth, the last 45 years, I can't remember much about it unless somebody actually tells us what I've done. Wow. But the last four and a half years, I, I remember quite clearly because I went back to it, um, to the spiritualism, not the religious side of anything like that, but just more the spiritualism of who I actually am now. Who I am now is just somebody who, like you just said, is helping people release themselves of this negative common energy that is holding my back. And this is through self-empowerment, self-love. And that's the main thing, is that we've lost a lot of self-empowerment. We're relying on other people to tell us who we are. So when it actually comes to love, we have very little of that inside of us. Who I am is just somebody who's kind of floating along and helping people along the way. It's a little bit like Forrest Gump, really. But that's kind of who I am. I'm just, I am just me, just doing a job, experiencing love in a different way because I've never had it in them 45 years. Yeah. Not in the way we should do anyway. So in the last few years or so, you have this relationship with your guides. I know that. Now you've been 
given a purpose or direction more specifically from Mother Mary and Archangels Michael and Raziel. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I have a few others that kind of pop in and out. Sure. Um, about, like Mary Magdalene um, with a Gaia. Jesus popped in every now and again, mm-hmm. uh, who's an absolutely amazing healer. But like I say, these are characters from the past who you take the religious aspect out of it and they were just amazing people in their time and they're still doing these amazing things through helping us. But the likes of Raziel, I mean, my Razli Daziat and Khan, a lot of people tend to think that when I'm talking about the angels I work with and the, the ascended masters and stuff that I don't really have enough respect for them. But I mean, they wouldn't work with me if I didn't have my sense of humor, you know? Sure. Um, but Raziel is... You know, he's one of the top guys who deal with past life energies. I mean, you've got Metatron up there who's writing everything down, but Raziel's one that kind of oversees the Akashic records, the the things that we've done from our entire past. And I say the last couple of years, I would have said, probably two and a half years, I've been doing readings for people and pointing out things that they've done in their past or what's happened in past lives through the, the, the guidance of him. And he's given us this mission if you want to put it like that, it sounds a bit posh, but he's just given us this role to do where we need to stop looking back at the past. You know, we're holding on to too many negative things from our past. And when we're up there, it's amazing. We know everything. But when we come down here, we're hit with ego and with intuition, we get pulled away from that and we start dwelling on negative things. So he wants us to stop doing that. He wants us just to experience life in the now, which is kind of going from spiritualism and the Japanese way of life is trying to pronounce this properly, Ichigo, Ichi, I think it is, where it's living in the moment. And a lot of us aren't doing that. And this is what Raziel keeps telling us, you know, we need to live in the now, stop worrying about the future, don't worry about the past, let that go. You can't do anything to change that. You can use it as stepping stones to learn from, not to do these things again, but we want you to just to appreciate this moment now. And Michael, I mean... The arguments me and him have had over the, over the last couple of years, <laughs> often arguing, but he just wants us to, like, he wants to protect us, he wants us to give us clear direction on what we want to do. We have to live by our soul agreement. We can't, we can change what we want to do, but, you know, everything that's already written out for us, it's always going to be there. It just depends on how slowly or how quickly you want to take that. And this is kind of what I've been, I get told off the two of them. My mother Mary, she just, I mean, when she comes in, she just stands there smiling. <laughs> she's, she has this, this lovely energy around her where it's just this pure love. She doesn't judge at all. Mary Magdalene just comes in with this wonderful empowerment. It's weird with her. She just she just looks at you and you just know that you should be doing something or you shouldn't be doing something. Like um, a mother. <laughs> it's a bit worse than that, actually. It's like a grandmother. You know, like the... the She's the one that's in charge. If you need to know any information, go to her. You know, she's yeah. the one that says, yes, I know. And Mother Gaia, you know, I, I really fear for her, actually, when she does come in, because she is going through a hell of a lot at the moment with the way the world is, mm. you know, and it's almost like she's trying to keep it together. And, I mean, she's been like this for thousands of years, you know, but it's getting to that point now for her where, like, she's, she's tired. She's really, really tired. And I say this is the role I've been given where we're not to be misled on how life is actually at the minute. And this is kind of where we're looking at where life isn't real. None of it's real, but it's all 
false everything on the outside is false to make us look great. But then when we look inside ourselves, you know, we're, we're looking for something and we're looking for that magic pill, but it's inside us. It's in our heart. We need to feel it. And this is what Raziel was telling us a few months back. And he said that when we're up there, we know everything. We know what love is. And I mean, Foreigner sang about that, that he wanted to know what love was. But when we're down here, the whole point of it is that we feel it because you can't feel it up there. You don't have a physical body. We just have this knowing, this inner knowing, mm-hmm. uh, and which is our intuition when we're down here. But when we're down here, we use all our senses to understand and experience love in different ways. What he's saying is that it's always been there, but we've just lost touch of it. And it's time for this wonderful love fest. It's come to that point now where we need to do something about it because if we don't, we're going to lose it all together. And if you want to go on the religious aspect of it, that's a sin. We're here to love in many different ways. And it's really sad because you can see where the guy represents love, represents nurturing and self-love and loving other things, not just people, but the, the planet itself and that, you know, and what you give, you get back type of thing. And it doesn't have to be hard. We, we just have to be our own superheroes and other people. Yeah, it all comes back to the now, same thing that we learned through meditation. And I feel like it's just another way of being reminded of that. Now you had shared with me going back to the idea of karmic release and releasing of some significant activists from their time, mm. Cleopatra, <laughs> Jack yeah. the Ripper. Yeah. Cobra. So there are several of them. Can you share that with the listeners? Right. Well, Jack the Ripper, I mean, he didn't exactly give his name, but he was a famous doctor. He wasn't a member of the royal family, but he was a famous doctor. And I remember, because it was quite a quick conversation, because I only generally have to do this ceremony type of thing is about an hour. But when I pulled him out and, you know, I tried to cleanse the energy and he just said that you're wasting your time. He says, my energy is so black, so dark, you cannot go that far back. And I said, right, fair enough. So then I'd asked him why he was in this person's body. He says, because he wanted to know how the body worked. He said, there's so much more that we need to know, but we're not using it to our advantage where we're taking even though he's on the dark side of things he said that we're, we're learning but we're abusing this learning as well we're not using it to an advantage and he was showing us these trigger points in the body these five points and this is the, the reason which sounds horrible the reason why he was doing these dissections on women because the women's hearts and is slightly different to a man's heart where it's positioned and the size of it and he was more interested in that. I mean, in, there, in them days, you couldn't really do autopsies and things like that in, in front of like people the way they wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was just telling us that it was mainly about the heart and the way the arteries were working and stuff like that. And he says there's a lot of papers that he's done that we should be grateful for. In one hand, yes. But on the other hand, these poor women had died at all hands. But anyway, Michael took him away. And they do whatever they need to do with them. I don't question that. But, you know, once they go through this portal, Gabriel on the other side takes them and they do whatever they need to do with them. Mm-hmm. Another one, it was interesting because this was a husband and wife and she actually had Medusa. And as soon as I stood behind her head and I just got told, just close your eyes and work on that eyes. So what I, this sounds really awful, but what I tend to do is I energetically cut the eyes open, mm-hmm. take the eyes out. 
get rid of it. And then I have these little jugs in my mind. I have these little jugs of liquid light and I pour it in the eyes to cleanse the energy because they say that eyes are the soul. You know, we see so many things, but we're, like they say, with it being calmer, you need to get rid of them things. So you're cleansing the eyes. I had to do it a couple of times with her. And as soon as I took the eyes out, these eight snakes just sprang out of her head. And I'm pulling these snakes out. I mean, snakes aren't the best thing with me. I'm really scared of them. <laughs> um, and I'm pulling these things and they're just disappearing into the sand on the floor. And I'm like, this is weird. So anyway, I pulled them out. And then when I got to a heart chakra, I just pulled this energy out and it was Medusa. A lot of people say that she was beautiful, but we say beautiful now as somebody that is, it's hard to say, but just like flawless. Mm-hmm. You know, like beautiful smile, beautiful eyes. Everything is perfect, but she wasn't like that at all. She was quite, I would have said manly, but handsome with it. Mm-hmm. She had this persona around it. It was like, you just had to be part of her energy. And she didn't really want to say too much. But she was very grateful of being released from this energy. She says she's been running away for so long, away from this energy. She says, and there's going to be many more like me. So off she went. Michael took her um, again. I had a feeling that she was going to a different place to where Jack was going. So then when I, I mentioned about this woman and who she was to the lady, I, I took energy out and she says, that's exactly me. She says, everything you described of this woman, she says, that is me. So it wasn't as if like I was just making things up and I was actually describing Medusa in her lifestyle that, you know, she was a beautiful woman. Men loved her and they just wanted to be anywhere near her, you know, just want to be part of her energy. And she says, that's what I experienced. She says, mm-hmm. loads of times, she says, and I couldn't understand why these men were actually wanting to be anywhere near us. And she says, that's obviously why. And it caused a lot of friction in, within the relationship. So when I, I went to her husband and did him, and I was terrified the night before, and I thought, it's energy. You're not scared of energy. I'm more scared of humans than energy. <laughs> right. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine, right? So anyway, when I met him, I thought, oh, you're not as big as I expected. You might expect this massive energy. I just felt as though it was going to be humongous, this, this person, you know. So anyway, I spoke to him, and you know when you just feel uncomfortable with somebody just like kind of make it itch and I thought I understand why you had to be here and he said that he'd been to a couple of famous mediums in the last couple of years and they said that there was something very dark in them but they couldn't do anything to help them it wasn't their role to do that so mm. and I says well did this kind of start around about three four years ago man he says yeah he says it was kind of about four years ago when I went off the rails and I thought well that's probably when I started doing all of this. Oh, and that kind of made me think, has people been waiting for this? Is yeah. this what, you know, since I started going back to what I should have been doing when I was 21, has people been waiting for me to do this? So anyway, I went out my head and I, I did him. And the first thing I came up with was this Cyclops, this ginormous thing. And it looked like like a rock. <laughs> it was like a rock. It was massive. But he was a gentle giant. He wasn't horrible and nasty. He was just overpowering. And you could see he's relieved that he was leaving. He couldn't speak to anything. He was quite docile. But if you told him what to do, he would just do it. So Michael just took him away. And then Cleopatra came out. And she was just an absolute bitch. <laughs> she was, <laughs> he just didn't care. Did not care one bit. And she says, you finally caught us. She says, like I was talking, and she said that 
I've been doing this for years, uh, like hundreds of years. She says, I've been jumping from one energy to the next one. She just said that nobody's been able to find a, a body. She says, because I've been been moving these energies all the time. And she was dealing with a lot of black magic, a lot of very, very dodgy stuff. And she just says, well, fun's over now, isn't it? And um, I think she, she when she passed us and she kissed his head and she says, we'll just have fun now. And then she, off she went. But when, when we were talking about it, you know, and I was telling her what she was like, and I said, you know, I says, she actually killed her own children to stop them getting on the throne, which is kind of like where we're at the minute with the royal family anyway that we've got. You know, like we've got Charles on the throne now and before, like, after he goes, there's going to be the next ones coming on. So it's it's like that sort of thing, you know. And I'm like, my God, this this woman's just cold. She's horrible, you know. Yeah. And she starved her own people. And he said that he was exactly the same. He, he'd done that with his family. He deprived them of a life and stuff, you know, uh, money. And he was just constantly chasing fool's gold type of thing. He would do anything, anything to be on top. And he never, ever reached that. And it's this is the character of her. Wow. But when I was the law was talking to them, and I've realized when I've done this with people, when I've given them readings after I've done their Reiki with them, just the karmic Reiki, anyways, that this, their face changes, it strips bare. And they look as though they've lost 10 years off their face. It's it's amazing. It's like a facelift. <laughs> and these eyes, when I first spoke to them, were jet black. But when I finished talking to them after the Reiki and after the reading, they were bright blue. It was an amazing session. Them three are probably one of the best ones I've had. But I mean, I've had a, I've had a prostitute. I've had a Japanese prisoner of war, which some of the things he was telling us was terrible. I've had an African woman who had hadn't accidentally, she'd intentionally done it, but she didn't want to murder another princess from a Jamaican uh, tribe. And Moulin Rouge. My, she was tall. <laughs> she was very, very tall. And they didn't wear as many clothes as what you think they did. <laughs> well, I've, had, I've had a lot of interest in people, normal people as well, you know, um, a lot of inner child healing, a lot of babies, which is where Mary comes in. And what I got told about these babies as well, which was interesting, was that they were being protected. These small energies were being protected, ready for a time when it was safe for them to come down here, when we had changed the way we were going to be. Which, I mean, it was really, really sad when you hear so many of these very short lives, even in the age of the early 20s, something like that, you know, they're not getting that full life that they should do, their full experiences. What I did get told was that, imagine in five years' time, you have somebody who needs to be fully established as a doctor or something like that to save somebody's life who's going to have a massive impact in the next 10 years. So you're looking so far ahead that these lives, this particular person has to have so many lives ready for this particular time. So they have to go through these lives quite quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And Laziel was saying that we don't need to do that. But at the minute, we're having to do this. And he says, this is why it needs to stop. So I've had some very, very strange characters come through. And the main thing is that it was all around the heart chakra. That was the issue. I pulled out these strange little round hooks that were attached in the heart chakra, little black round hooks and fish heads as well. Mm. I remember there was one mother and daughter had come and I had, weirdly, it was just Tutankhamun's heart. 
what I had brought out. Some, there was a small energy there and they were holding on to this heart. And I said it had to be protected because it was coming back. But there's somebody else, obviously. And that was probably about a year ago, I think, that one. But yeah, there's been lots of lots of weird ones, lots of weird ones. It's an, it's an interesting job what I get to do. Yeah, and so, then um, so these are from readings that you do and healings that you do. And then this yeah. is what comes from that. That's amazing. So you also shared about these energetic portals of negative mm. energy. I think that that is something really interesting and important to share. Raziel had, had wanted us to shut down these past portals because the energies that we have now in Reiki, you can go back in the past and you can use energy from that time. Where what we do is we tend to heal it. So it's not as painful when we're trying to overcome it now. But what he was telling us is that there's these dark energies which are abusing that portal where they go back in time and they can use that dark energy, which is why we had Medusa and we had Jack the Ripper and they were doing all these strange things. So he actually got, I've done three so far and I think that's the last ones I needed to do. Yeah, I've just been told, yeah, that was it. That's all I need to do. So I had shut these these portals down. I mean, the first one I did was actually a train station, uh, which is interesting because of the trains come in and they go type of thing. It's a journey yeah. of life, isn't it? Yeah. But it was weird because I remember in December, I'd been in the pub there and in the toilet, and there was a photograph, an old photograph. And this must have been like maybe it's early 1900s, maybe it's 1920s, something like that. I can't remember now. Where the portal was, was four guys, four train guards standing in front of this portal. Because I read from photos and I thought, my God, they knew. They knew what was there. And that's why they were at that photograph blocking this energy so I had closed that portal as I was doing it I remember one guy was trying to talk to us trying to pull us off and I just kept seeing these words and I kept, kept talking to certain angels and there was a little boy standing next to us in spirit and he just said we're going home now and I could see this little girl at the top of the train station just waving away and then the boy disappeared and then she just disappeared after him and then I had to do it another portal which was, I'll not say talk about the guy, but he was a well-known personality, again, who a lot of people knew about what he was doing, but nothing got done about it. So I had to go back to that particular energy because the energies that they were using from him, these things are still happening. And we're hearing about it today, quite regularly on the news, about different people are going to prison or the, you know other things are happening to them. So that energy was shut down. It was quite horrendous, that one, to tell you the truth, because I just kept showing all of these things, you know, all of these different, these pop stars, these members of parliament and, and such, you know, and I was thinking, my God, these things, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. But they were just filtering through so, so fast that you couldn't really remember everything. But it was it was as if you were seeing your life going through, so, you know, just like a, a film. Mm. And then the last one I'd actually done in Newcastle. And it was strange because... The street that I was looking down at, where the monument actually was, the door was on the wrong side, and Raziel was doing it at the time, and he said that it was put there as a folly. It wasn't meant to be there, he says, but uh. it kind of confused people. And it was on the day of Pride. <laughs> it was weird because Raziel is all about the rainbow. He has all the colours, and 
everywhere you looked, there was just these beautiful people with lots of different colors. But I remember this woman was just, as I'm trying to do this thing, like kind of hide it from people, <laughs> she kept standing right next to us with this flag and it's just wafting it into my face. And I'm thinking, it's all right, I get it, I get it, it's all right, it's fine, I know you're there. <laughs> so I think it was just like, that's it, you've done it, well done, you know, even mm-hmm. the flag type. I think that was Raziel's way of just telling us that, you know, you've done your work now, it's it's finished. So that, that was good. So these negative energies, were they people at one point? point are they different yeah, yeah. types of entities or who or what are I mean, they where it's come from i really don't know mm. that like really goes back way way back i mean this is even before when the bible began it was a long time before that mm-hmm. this is probably like the beginning of time because i mean in greek mythology it started off with chaos didn't it and then you had eros and gaia and Nick's and a few other guys and it just everything started splitting up and breaking down and then creating something new and chaos was kind of balanced because other people were doing different roles sort of things so but then things started getting a little bit out of hand so we're talking about gods here where again it's all about power and trying to overcome one and the other so it kind of probably started off from around about that point but it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and when you think about it nowadays, we're all basically trying to survive something that we don't know why. And I mean, the whole point of it is, it's all about love. But these dark energies, they're not very nice, to tell you the truth. I remember I was, I was at a market once and I was doing the readings and stuff like that. And somebody had actually come up to us and said, you've got something attached to you. I said, I know, I, said, I feel it. I said, but I can't get it off. And she gave us this dragon. And I just felt this thing just slam under my hips. It was weird. It was, absolutely, it was a massive rock. Mm. And she says, you need to stamp your feet. So I'm stamping my feet. And I could feel it falling. And the dragon was actually shaking in my hands. She says, it's not like that. <laughs> and I know that. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, and eventually it went away. But that was just before I was shutting the portal down. So uh, it was obviously I it's back up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like I say, I've met some people who... I just know are not good people. But that's not for me to decide. I've not made a judge because it's it's karma. Karma, you know, you can see both sides of it. You either decide that you're going to do one thing or you do the other, and karma will decide on your fate. It's just that I can see both sides of it, which I'm quite lucky that people do that. But I don't tend to judge people. I'll just say, wait, this is going to happen if you do this. And that's done to you. You have to live with that, and you have to learn how to move away from that. But some people, like Jack, it's just, it's too late for them. And when I had done the second portal, I was told by Chaos that what we call like the fires of hell type of thing, that we're going to use the sun and send all these negative energies up to the sun. I mean, I I don't really follow NASA that much. I'm not really, I mean, I'm very spiritual, but I tend not to go too far out. I tend to just stick with what I'm being told to do. Yeah. And probably since I started doing it, which was around about Easter time, we've had really bad solar flares, uh, meteorites and all sorts of things, apparently threatening, threatening the planet in that. But it's because of these negative energies, that that's where they're taking the, the negative energies have yeah. to leave our planet and go somewhere else. So they want everlasting life, they're going to live in that. You know, yeah. that's a burning hell type of thing. That's what chaos wanted. So then we have an opportunity to do things that we want to do. But it's all about forgiveness. That's the thing. If you want to put it as in what would love do and love would forgive. 
no matter what. That's the whole point of karma. You have to learn the lesson and not hold on to that negativity and accept it for what it was, learn from it, so then you can move away from it and recognize it when it happens again so that you don't walk into that path and you give that karma back to the person who belongs to so then they can learn their lesson. Some people don't learn the lesson, though, so they have to live with that. And it's up to the universe whether they get to come back again or if they go straight up to the sun, if you want to put it that way. So now that you've shared this knowledge of these darker entities and the karmic release and everything like that, are there things that we living our lives can do to protect our energies from these dark energies? Yeah, there is, because I mean, we're using crystals, you know, it's belief. That's the thing. We need to believe and we've stopped believing. We've stopped believing in other people for them to give us hope and stuff like that. Somebody was telling us it was a program and it was about they said Lucifer, right? Lucifer was the devil, which I thought was supposed to be somebody else, but never mind. They said <laughs> Lucifer was the devil, and this woman was trying to get out of hell. And she kept on saying these things, and he was counteracting all the time. And then she said that she was bacteria, and he said that he was antibiotic or something like that. And then she oh. came up with something else. And he was on his, virtually on his last legs, and the thing he said was, I'm hope. And then she disappeared. So obviously you should have to stay there. But that that's the thing. It's having hope that things are going to get better. It's just knowing in your heart, feeling it. If you can feel love in your home, even for the horrible things that have happened to you, you think, right, I understand. I mean, for example, myself, I've had very bad emotional relationships, physically bad relationships, mindful ones, you know. And I've been physically abused off my stepdad before as well you know and it's just like it is what it is I can't do anything about it I can't change what happened in the past and you have to forgive that person because to a certain degree anyway you have to forgive them because they are who they are they don't realize that they either signed up for this or that they enjoy doing this sort of thing you know there's a there is a difference between the two people Mm -hmm. some people get kind of swayed along with things but other people just get this kick out of it and they're not going to come back again. But if you can just take that pain away, which, like I say, the way I've done it is through writing. I work with Archangel Sandalphon, who takes our messages to give them to karma, and karma just keeps banging out all these lessons. And then the worse the lesson is, is because you're not learning from it, you're not letting it go. And that's how I've overcome it, and that's how other people can overcome it as well. I mean, you know, when you have an argument with somebody and you say, wait, you've done this to me. And they say, yeah, but what about the time when you did all of these other things? You know, and then you you forget about that one thing that's paining you. And then you're stuck with that and it festers in your heart. It starts festering in your head. And before you know it, you you, you know, you, you become that same person that they are. You become that horrible negative energy and then you pass it on to your children or your friends And it's kind of conditioning. So the only way to get rid of it is to either speak it out to somebody, write it out to somebody, but get it out and put love in there. Do things that make you feel, and that's what it's all about, make you feel good about yourself again. But we're too busy dealing with plastic things. We're terrified of change because it means we'll have to face up to these horrible things that we've experienced, the things that we've done, and it's hard. I mean... 
see in the last four and a half years I've had to strip my life bare and I've sat here and cried I've had snot all over my face and I've <laughs> I've been literally several times wanting to end my life and I've been, I know I can't but I know I want to but I can't there's there's a greater reason for his being here I mean when I first started doing this really stripping my life down was the beginning of COVID I knew I had some great big thing coming in because I knew my job was going to end in March on that year I didn't know how I just knew there was something going to happen in the first six weeks of it I think everybody just took it as a holiday they sat outside got drunk or whatever you know and had a good time <laughs> got some fresh air but then it kind of hit us that this was changed and I didn't like it one bit and for two weeks I never spoke to anybody. I mean, I live on my own, so I never spoke to anybody, never heard from anybody. And it felt like I had two Harry Potter Dementors just literally sucking the joy out of us. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't want to be here. And I just sat with it. Wow. And it's a horrible thing to be able to do that. You just sit and you listen to all these horrible things about yourself. And you just, you have to sit with it. You have to let it float out your head. It's like, it's like if you got wrong of somebody, right? And you know if they just hurry up and say the things that I can get outside and play. <laughs> and it's like going well, one ear out the other. And if you just sit with it and let it flow out without questioning it, and it's really hard to do, but you can do it. And you just let it disappear. It's gone. But don't invite it back in. Don't think about it. So this is why I tell people to write stuff down. Get it out. Get them thoughts and them feelings out. And yeah, it's going to upset you. It's going to make you angry. You're going to say things that are horrible, things that you don't want anybody to read because it just reignites it again. It just invites that energy back into you again. You don't want to do that. You want to get rid of it. Then I just tell them to burn it. Get rid of it, burn it, and give it to Gaia. Gaia loves all this stuff. It's like manure for the soil. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It uses this. And the minute we're busy putting plastic in there, which is nothing for us, you know, we need to put yeah. real things in there. We need to, I mean, every time there was a full moon when I was doing a lot of this, it was without anybody ever seen a full moon because I was just covered in clouds. <laughs> everybody was burning. <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> but that's, that's, <laughs> that's how I kind of got rid of it. I'm not saying I'm over it. You know, you, you continuously every day have a negative thought. Yeah. Writing is the best way I've found because I see I'm working with Samuel Fong, so he loves a letter. And when was the last time when we wrote a letter? We type it, yeah. you know, we, we text it, we email it. When we call somebody, hi, can you do that? Right, great. Something you don't even say thanks, you just put the phone down. You know, that conversation by using all these wonderful words that we have. I mean, the British, my God, they have about 10 words for one meaning. <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, I, I have to Google things and why can't they just say that? Why can't they just put that simple word? I mean, there was one word and I didn't know where it went. And it said this, it's put it in layman's terms. And then we, why did I have to Google that to say that it meant it was put in layman's terms? You know, <laughs> so it's just it's just getting these things out and it's creating space. Yeah. Creating this empty void to fill it with good things, with pure things. In other words, just filling it with love. Yeah. That's um, really wonderful advice to share for all of us, really. Uh, you know, so to help wrap up our interview, Mel, I was wondering if you would do a timeless reading for the collective for the time that the listener hears this episode, it will resonate with them. Right. I've got some cards. Ah, right. Uh, <laughs> You'll not believe this. It says karma is on your side. Oh, my. <laughs> Like, seriously, I'm going to send you a photograph of this, right, just to prove it. (laughs) I believe you. It says, if you could read all the minds that I read, 
hear all the prayers that I hear and beat all the hearts that I beat. I wonder if you even believe how often that you're talked about and fall in love with. It's payback time. So the universe, or rather Raziel, Razli Dazzy there, he wants to give you this wonderful gift, this opportunity to make your life even better. So, and I'm going to swear here, write your shit out. Get rid of it. That's the whole point of a body. It gets rid of them. You, you put the good stuff in and it gets rid of the stuff that you don't need anymore. So why are we putting these negative things in our bodies In listen to these things, seeing these things, feeling these things, seeing these things? Why are we doing all of this? Why are we hurting ourselves? So write it out. Burn it. Just make sure that you don't do it in the house because you can't set the fire on. I've done it a few times. <laughs> and bury it in the garden. And bury it with love. But when you write these things up, always ask the universe for something for yourself. But remember, you have to give it with forgiveness for the person and for yourself. So basically, you're acknowledging that this person is a, a narcissist. I won't say what I normally say. But they are narcissists. You have to accept that they are. You have to forgive them for it. Let them go. And then move on. And it's amazing how many opportunities are going to be out there for you. Because this is you manifesting the things that are already waiting for you. Nothing will ever pass you by. It's always there waiting for you. It's just, it's going to come in a little bit quicker if you make space for it. Thank you so much, Mel. That's wonderful reading. Really thank appreciate it. Love the synchronicities. Um, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your truth and for giving us all more wisdom um, and how we can make ourselves better and hopefully in turn make the world better. So thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, Love and light always. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, Lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.